We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 936 of the Pack-A-Day podcast. We are slowly creeping up towards 1,000 episodes, which seems absolutely insane to say. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. Joining me is the one and only Perry Goldstein. She is fresh off 10,000 followers on Twitter, 10K for Perry. You can find her on Packer Reports, Game on Wisconsin, Packs, which she said, and like a thousand other things. I'm sure she's got a mean TikTok as well. Uh, also joining me is Alex Strofe, who's killing it with Game on Wisconsin, ESPN Madison, and other various endeavors. I'm sure his TikTok sucks, uh, but, you know, try to find him anyway. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for joining me. It is the first Sunday where we just experienced the first Sunday without football. The last time that we recorded uh, was episode 908 titled Bring on the Buccaneers. That did not age well. There were three three exclamation points after Bring on the Bucks as well, uh, which also did not age well. But, uh, Perry, I will start with you. How the heck are you doing? I'm good. I uh, Yeah, to say that didn't age well is, I think, an understatement. I <laughs> wish anybody else would have come up to Lambeau. But, um, yeah, we're, we're thick in the kind of boring stage of the offseason, you know, pre-free agency, pre-draft. So it'll be kind of fun to chat about just some random Packers things today. It is J.J. Watt season, Perry. There is nothing boring about J.J. Watt season. I'm so sorry. You're so correct. <laughs> uh, Alex, how the heck are you doing? Dude, I'm good. But but on that note, like I was watching American Idol before we started recording. That's how bored I am. I mean, I, I don't have football on a Sunday night. I'm watching American Idol. Well, you know, American Idol's great, but it's it's no Sunday night football without Michaels. It is not. It is definitely disappointing that there is no football, but uh, that certainly does not stop us from talking 365 days about it, specifically about the Packers, because we have a ton to get to. And I know it was the first Sunday about football, but as I mentioned, it is J.J. Watt season. We're going to be going over some priorities of this offseason, what players we think are going to stay, which ones we think are going to leave. And of course, it wouldn't be an episode of me hosting the Packaday podcast without going into at least some sort of Tim Boyle diatribe. 
So we'll get to that as well. But uh, I think ma- the the main noteworthy worthy topic outside of J.J. Watt this past weekend was, of course, David Bakhtiari restructuring his contract. Um, I posted out on Twitter a video of certainly some housekeeping items that Green Bay is going to have to take care of this offseason. And one A on that list was restructuring David Bakhtiari's contract. This was a given when he signed it originally. This was uh, a foregone conclusion. This was basically taking a roster bonus and turning it into a signing bonus, um, which just frees up money for those who are not super aware and don't want to get into the minutia of how contracts work. Uh, basically, a roster bonus or a uh, base salary is going to count all towards this upcoming season, whereas a signing bonus you can split through the rest of the contract. So, for example, if you've got a $16 million roster bonus that you wanted to split through four remaining remaining years of the contract, $4 million would go towards each of those seasons instead of 16 just this year. 16 minus 4 by my abacus tells me that would leave uh, $12 million in savings and only $4 million on the cost for this year. That wasn't exactly the numbers for David Bakhtiari, but that is the structure and how it works. I know that's super boring. Alex and Perry, I will get to you and what you thought of this restructure. It seems more like housekeeping, but it cer- certainly helps uh, with their salary cap this upcoming season. Perry, I'll start with you. Well, first of all, sir, you should get a calculator because abacuses are way out of style. Um, yeah, back. I mean, <laughs> they're coming back. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll take you at your word. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, it was kind of a foregone conclusion. Anything that the Packers can do pretty easily, I guess, to free up about $8 million, I think they would take that decision. Um, and I think this was a, kind of the only easy one. There there might be a few more restructures and maybe a few roster cuts coming up that um, they wouldn't necessarily decide to do but have to this year to free up some space for the cap. But uh, I'm glad that they just kind of got this over with, uh, decided to do it. David Bakhtiari tweeted out a kind of funny little meme yesterday, you know, saying thank you or you're welcome for, for doing this, you know. So uh, I think he was clearly on board and understood what this meant for the team. So I'm glad they, like I said, just kind of got it out of the way. And now they have to focus on some of the, I think, more tougher decisions. 100% there. I mean, the tweet says it all, doesn't it? I mean, you're welcome. This dude's a team player. It's good, uh, you know, long term. It's good short term. Uh, all around, it's a fantastic move. Andy, I cut you off. I knew you were going to say something really, really smart. No, no, that was perfect. I, I was just going to give out uh, $100 in, in pack-a-day points uh, to uh, whoever can tell me who was in that meme that David Bakhtiari, that gif that David Bakhtiari posted of You're Welcome. Did any, anyone gather to take a guess? Perry, no. it's all you. Perry, no, it's I'm, all I'm you. Not, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea who it was. That is the one and only Damian Sandow from wrestling fandom WWE, who has not wrestled, I want to say, in a good five years, and he had a very good You're Welcome shtick going for a while in uh-huh. WWE. So that was the, the one and only Damian Sandow. I love the uh, I love the, the kind of humor here from David Bakhtiari, and I'm not going to rip on David Bakhtiari in any way, shape, or form. One, because he's amazing. Two, because he could completely kick my ass. Uh, but the, the funny thing here, is this is uh, this is like I mentioned early, kind of a foregone conclusion. Uh, David Bakhtiari takes no uh, less pay. In fact, uh, any signing bonus money gets paid out immediately. So if anything, you can actually kind of say that this benefits David Bakhtiari. So uh, thank you, David Bakhtiari, nonetheless for just being you and for being amazing and uh, having a great contract and, and being who you are. But uh, I don't know how much uh, we can thank you technically for a restructure that technically doesn't do anything other than what it was. Kind of supposed to in the first place, but like I said, certainly not willing to pick a fight with David Bakhtiari. Yeah, you know, you said something about you know what's funny. The the only thing that was funny in that entire spiel you just gave Andy was me having the mental image of David Bakhtiari kicking your ass. That would be <laughs> pure entertainment. It, you know, we just talked about WWE. Uh, I think yeah. that would be a, a perfect match. You know, David Box, I would prefer to be in, like, a tag team, uh, maybe with him instead of against him. But, yeah, that's bad. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there would be a lot of listeners out there that would also enjoy that image. So thank you for bringing that up, Alex. <laughs> and I know that's, that's going to bring us, of course, to our next topic, and that is the one and only J.J. Watts. And I want to be very clear to begin with. Uh, the restructure for David Bakhtiari does not clear salary cap space for J.J. Watt. This was not something that... Is 
is, you know, getting from point A to point B. Uh, Green Bay is well below the salary cap. And as I mentioned on my video that I posted on Twitter, even a restructure of Bakhtiari along with a new contract for Devontae Adams, potentially a restructure for Rodgers, along with releases of Rick Wagner and Christian Kirksey and Dean Lowry and Preston Smith, that just gets Green Bay some breathing space to basically fill out their draft class and maybe retain a free agent or sign a free agent. And that could potentially include a J.J. Watt, but there would be a ton of work to do to get to that point. However, however, on the good news here, uh, Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated did report that of those dozen teams that were initially reported that had interest in J.J. Watt, the Green Bay Packers are in fact one of those. Now, this could very much be one of those, you know, the Packers being involved in every single conversation, but I also think that this potentially does make sense if Green Bay can find a way to clear the money. This has kind of been the type of player that Green Bay's looked for, both with uh, Ted Thompson as well as Brian Gutekunst, Charles Woodson, Julius Peppers, even to an extent Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, high-profile players who've had strong careers that are height-weight speed sort of players that have been elite at their positions, and while they're getting older in age, they are veterans that can bring a, a veteran leadership, a locker room presence, and help get your team to the next level. Certainly Woodson did. Peppers was close in 2014. We won't get to that. Uh, and Jimmy Graham, unfortunately, was not the right signing and did not pay off. But these are the type of players that in this stage of their career, Green Bay does look at from time to time. So, Alex, I want to start with you. Why does this potentially make sense for Green Bay? Well, you just made a, a lot of that case, right? I mean, the veteran leadership, the the height, weight, speed. I, I like that. I don't know that I've ever heard that, but, but I'm going to steal that because that makes a great point for what J.J. Watt is. As long as he can stay healthy, he's a great asset. Obviously, there's the hometown ties, him being a Pewaukee guy, going to Madison. Uh, his wife plays professional soccer in Chicago, so there's some personal life things. I know we've talked a lot about dating lives in the last two weeks, so we can, we can cool the jets on that part. But, I mean, of course, that you know, that's, that's a part of it. So, Overall, I'm more going to be on, on the Perry pessimism side because uh, I, I don't think that this makes a ton of sense, but I, I would love to see it happen. It's similar to, you know, like you mentioned, Woodson or, or, um, or Julius Peppers. It would be a huge signing. It's just a matter of if it pays off. It just seems right now it's really unlikely. I think that's right. And Perry, before we get to some of that, that potential pessimism, I do think there's a couple other things that are worth noting here. First of all, um, as I mentioned uh, on the video version of the podcast earlier this week, um, one thing I think Green Bay is going to be potentially looking at is not for unrestricted free agents that they do eventually venture out and sign players, but rather released players. And the reason that is, is if Corey Lindsley and Aaron Jones and Kevin King and Jamal Williams and those guys leave, that's potentially four comp picks right there. And I think think maybe there's a chance that one of those could get into sure. the third, but likely more fourth, fifth, sixth round type of comp picks. But those are still very important picks uh, for Green Bay if they do lose those players. And you don't want to cancel those out by signing unrestricted free agents. So uh, there are also going to be a plethora of players who are released because of the salary cap situation that is currently out there. So with that in mind, with J.J. Watt being released, he would not count against the, those compensatory selections. So uh, mm. if it comes down to it, signing him could would make some sense if you do think you are going to lose Lindsley and King and Jamal Williams, which we're all going to get to, and Aaron Jones, which we'll get to in just a moment. But I think it makes sense from that point. And then, sure. of course, one of the other things, too, is, uh, you know, J.J. Watts made it no, you know, not unknown that one of the things he's looking for is a chance at a Super Bowl ring. And, uh, yes, Green Bay came up a little bit short against Tampa Bay, but they are still going to be one of the key contenders. And no matter what happens this offseason, which players come, which players leave, they have pre premium players at all the premium positions, including Rodgers at quarterback, Bakhtiari at left tackle, eventually when he gets back from injury, Adams at wide receiver, um, obviously Zadarius Smith at pass rusher, Jair Alexander at corner. You have premium players at premium positions, and I think that goes a very long way into being a contender year in and year out, and certainly adding, oh, and, oh by the way, Kenny Clark, and adding uh, J.J. Watt to that uh, certainly doesn't help either, but um, Perry, what are some things of, you know, some reasons maybe why this doesn't make sense or doesn't happen? happen well uh while we're talking while we're talking about money and the cap um the packers are pretty cap strapped which i think anybody listening probably knows because that's all twitter will talk about and yes i know it's fun to talk about the fact that the packers don't have a ton of money and you can make any argument you want about how quote the cap doesn't 
exist, end quote. Um, that's not true. And, you know, clearly they're going to have to make some serious moves. I think the David Bakhtiari – uh, and Andy, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it puts the Packers at somewhere in the mid-30 range in salary cap. And so going after J.J. Watt would be probably the only move that they would be able to do this offseason. And while it would be one of those kind of blockbuster additions, a la Charles Woodson, Julius Peppers, Reggie White, etc., um, it would still put them in a precarious position, and it would put them in a place where they couldn't maybe go out and get players or re-sign a guy like Corey Lindsley or potentially Aaron Jones um, in other positions of need. So it would definitely be it's, – it's a, it's a heavy decision. You, you don't go out and get a player like J.J. Watt um, unless – you a have a ton of money. Um, you know you have to weigh you have to weigh out all all of the options. The the second is is that JJ Watt is in a really really good position right now. Right, he was released early. He can get a jump start on it. You mentioned it, Andy. Twelve teams want him. He has the pick of anyone he wants. I'm sure if there's a team that isn't in that list, if he called them up and was like, "Hey, I want to play for you," you know, that team would consider it. So he has all of the power in this situation, and I know that it's really nice and sweet and fun that he, you know, is a Wisconsin guy. And so maybe that would lean more towards him choosing Green Bay. But at the end of the day, you know, he's potentially owed like $17.5 million this year. And I just, the Packers can't pay him that. And so he is at the end of his career. This might be his last payday. And yes, I think he might want to ring more than money because he's, I'm sure, made plenty of money in his career, and that's not going to be a problem. He's going to get endorsements when he leaves. He's a very likable guy. Money isn't an issue, but at the end of the day, you know, football players have a shelf life, and if this is his last opportunity to get that payday, then um, the Packers aren't exactly the best destination for that. So it's really all about what he wants and how much the Packers are willing to give up, and we just don't know inside either of those heads. And if you really want to feed into the, the, the uh, ring-chasing aspect, right, his brothers are both on the Steelers who started the season, although it be fluky, they started the season, what was it, 12-0, and 13-0. So, I mean, yeah. they clearly got a good squad, um, and both of his brothers play there. So, I mean, there's another option that, that would make maybe even more sense for J.J. Watt if we're going the ring-chasing avenue. Yeah, it's not like Green Bay is the only place where you can go to win a ring. There's certainly other opportunities out there for him. And as you mentioned, Perry, he has his pick of going where he wants. And, you know, yes, you know, he was set to make $17.5 million. He is going to get paid. And when you have that many teams that want you, I mean, Tennessee makes just so much ridiculous sense. You know, you to be able to stay in the division, yeah. that's yeah. the exact type of player that they need. There, there's so many teams where J.J. Watt fits perfectly that there's, there's no way. Uh, it's, it's almost unfathomable to me that some team doesn't just make him a ridiculous offer where Green Bay just can't even get into that right. sort of stratosphere uh, of money and discussion. And I think the other thing, too, if, if you're looking at this from Ryan Gutekind's standpoint, is that you only have, you know, maybe one or two bullets left in that chamber to try to make an impact signing at best this this uh, offseason, even if they do a bunch of restructures and things like that. And do you really want to use maybe maybe the only one on a player who is, you know, in his 30s and has had a variety of injuries over the course of the past few seasons? You know, yes, it's J.J. Watt, and yes, your hope is, you know, he just finished the full season, and yes, he was still really good. But there is certainly still some concern there where you could be going, you know, in a way all in on one player and all of a sudden he gets hurt and he plays five games for you and you're really behind the eight ball because that was your one opportunity to improve the team and now it's somebody who's had injury issues in the past and those could certainly rise up again you hope not you hope no matter where he plays that J.J. Watt has a phenomenal year this season unless it's in the division of course or unless he's playing against the Packers but you want to see him do well you want to see him get that contract um, because he's been just phenomenal for football the state of Wisconsin the Houston area uh, with everything that he did um you know, for the, the charities during the hurricanes and everything like that. Um, so I, I'm certainly hoping that he ends up in a really, really great spot that works for him. And if that's Green Bay, great. Uh, but there are certainly some reasons to believe where maybe that's, that may not end up being the case. Yeah, I What's actually, that? I actually, my favorite place for him to end up, aside from Green Bay, I guess, or the most realistic, is the Colts, because I think him on that line would be amazing, mm-hmm. and it would be kind of fun to see him go to a division rival and kind of screw with the Texans after, you know, everything that they've, you know, made him go through, but that's just my, you know, 
two cents out there. It would be fun if he's looking for a Super Bowl. A team that doesn't have a quarterback at the moment may not True. be the best. But I'm not really thinking about the other side. I'm just thinking about, you know, him <laughs> and DeForest Buckner and Justin Houston and sick. Leonard in the middle. Like, that would be an insane defense. And that's the same case for Tennessee, right, in the in the division. And uh, it would be a lot of fun to see him tear up his old, old team twice a, twice a year. We could spend another, I don't know, three hours just talking about the Texans in their last, I don't know, year, year and a half. Unreal. Absolutely ugly situation in Houston. And it would be fun to talk about that. Maybe we'll get to that at some point this offseason. But, oh, my goodness, how happy is Brian Gutekunst that he did not end up there and ended up with the Packers instead. Just an absolute nightmare in Houston. They could be without Deshaun Watson. You know, they already traded away DeAndre Hopkins. They're now without J.J. Watts. um, I'm going to blame them for James or uh, you know Harden as well. Uh, yeah, I mean that whole city's a mess. I mean that whole, the, and whole the Astros, Astros scandal. The, right, the whole city's yeah. a mess in sports. Yeah, it really, really is. So be, you know, Wisconsin sports isn't exactly going through the best of times at this exact moment. But uh, be thankful that you're not Houston in the meantime. All right, so we, we've talked a lot about the offseason. We've talked to, you know, some uh, about David Bakhtiari restructuring, J.J. Watt's potential of him coming to Green Bay. Corey Lindsley's a free agent. Aaron Jones is a free agent. But what I want to ask you guys is just what is your biggest 1A priority for this Packers team this offseason? It doesn't have to be a player. It doesn't have to be a scheme. It doesn't have to be a coach. It doesn't have to be anything. You can go in any direction that you want to take this. Um, Perry, I will start with you. What is your 1A priority for the Packers this offseason? There's so many. Um, <laughs> you, you know, Andy, the video that you put out just really highlights you know, so much, right? Like they have to restructure, but they also have to really hit the nail on the head with the draft this year. They they maybe have to go out and get a few guys in free agency. And then they have a new defensive coordinator to, to kind of bring all of the talent that they have on that side of the ball and find some level of cohesion. And to me, like that's what I keep coming back to is because I'm, I'm starting to get into the draft, right, and I'm starting to try to evaluate and look at players that I think, you know, would fit well on this Green Bay team. And I started, you know, with my bread and butter with, with defensive backs. And I just keep thinking to myself, like, I just don't really know what Joe Barry is going to do. And I I don't know if he's going to keep all of, you know, the the assistant coaches, position coaches. I don't know what kind of scheme he wants to deploy, although you can look at his history and and try to figure it out. And I know that, you know, some have written that he wants to employ some level of like a Vic Fangio defense, et cetera. So you can glean some information from that. But and I don't know if this isn't the right answer, but I hope that, we get full mini camps, we get full OTAs, we get a full off season because Joe Barry coming in as this new coordinator, like he has so many tools and he has so many weapons. And we've talked on this podcast so much about what he has to work with, what he's walking into. He's walking into a great situation. I think, um, I think the Packers are going to obviously draft on the defensive side of the ball early. I hope that they draft a cornerback in the first or second round. There's tons that I love so far, but just really thinking about, you know, how to get Joe Barry in with these players early and get them connected with him and get them learning, you know, what it is, whatever it is that he wants to do on that side of the ball, because the offense is going to be fine this next season. It's going to be great. They're going to be in year three. Hopefully they have a couple players that are healthy again and they have, you know, cohesion and Rogers is playing well. It's that side of the ball that I'm like, I wouldn't say worried about, but just have my eye on more than, than the offense. So, my answer, I guess, is time and time with Joe Barry. I know. I think that makes a ton of sense. I think that's a really smart argument. Alex, what about you? Yeah, I, I think cohesion's the right word. And since the self-proclaimed DB stand didn't claim cohesion, I'm going to steal the word from her. So, uh, But I'll go offensively with that even. And I know we'll get into it here in a minute, Andy and Perry, but uh, I, I'm just – Still kind of confused with these gaps on offense and how they will be filled. I know, you know, center is the hardest position on the field to play maybe, but it's also the most replaceable. So I'm interested to see what they do if Corey Lindsley. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed isn't back. In the running back room, we have faith in A.J. Dillon, but who else is going to be there? That's a question mark. Again, we'll, we'll get into that. So as much as we want them to go defense and weapon heavy in the draft, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill uh, these, these different you know, positions that might be open or, or be lacking some depth. So I, I, I really just think cohesion on both sides of the ball is so big, as Perry alluded to defensively. Offense has looked good. Obviously, the high, highest scoring offense this year, the offensive line was really solid, except maybe in that final game. Uh, I just I just need to be convinced. And, and Joe Barry is such a long conversation. We're going to have so many the next six months, I bet, as we get into this Joe Barry era defensively. But, but I think it's the same thing with offense, too, because there is still a lot of question marks. And as I've said a lot the last month, I think you might have missed your best chance. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fill in the question marks. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense, too. I'm torn on this one, so maybe I'm going to give two and cheat a little bit. But That's all right. My my initial my initial thought was cornerback and kind of going back with what you know Perry was saying a little bit. I just think I I really feel like this past year and especially in that NFC Championship game we saw that Kevin King struggled. We don't even know if he's going to be back. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, Chandon Sullivan's a restricted free agent. Even when he was in there, he struggled much more this season than he did uh, over the course of 2019 when I thought he played at a much higher level. We we don't know anything about about Kadar Hallman. Josh Jackson is now, and really in three consecutive years, disappointed in some way, shape, or form where he hasn't been able to find any level of consistent playing time. Um, so I, I just don't know that there's any good answer outside of Jair Alexander anywhere in that cornerback room. And, uh, you know, it's it's always tough to bring in rookies. They're not going to have the money for, uh, you know, high-end free agents. I just think that that is a really interesting situation and scenario where Jerry Gray, is, assuming he's back, I don't think there's any reason to believe that he won't be, but uh, Jerry Gray is going to have his work cut out for him. And whatever direction they go in, no matter who's back, who's not, who they bring in, who they draft, that they're going to need some serious, um, you know, improvements from that cornerback room as a whole. And then my other one, I know it's still so in vogue to talk about wide receivers. I know Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are free agents. I know Bobby Tunyon's a restricted free agent. We don't know if Mercedes Lewis is going to be back. But when I looked at this Packers offense this past season – Devontae Adams missed a couple games with injury. Aaron Jones was out a couple games. Jamal Williams missed a couple games. A.J. Dillon didn't even play in, in multiple games. Um, he, you know, there were injuries across the weapon group. Alan Lazard missed, what, like eight or nine games, whatever it was. There were injuries across this weapon group for Green Bay throughout the season. And 
almost through all of it, they played great. The only time when this offense struggled in any way, shape, or form is when the offensive line struggled. And a lot of that was due to David Bakhtiari's injury, um, certainly against Tampa Bay at the end of the year. And really, he went out in that Tampa Bay game in week six as well. Uh, When the offensive line struggled, that's when this offense struggled. And I have faith in Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur that even if there's a random group of running backs and a random group of wide receivers and a random group of tight ends, that LaFleur and Rodgers have the wherewithal to figure things out, to scheme people open, to to get everything done if that offensive line is doing their job. And I think we saw that. We saw Tyler Irvin against San Francisco go off for yardage. We've seen, you know, uh, we've seen Dominique Daphne and Jay Sternberger and John Lovett and whomever else when need be filling at tight end to get catches. We saw MVS come up big. We saw, you know, EQ get catches. We've seen this offense win in a variety of different ways. But when that defensive front can set the tone and is consistently getting pressure and Rodgers is dropping his eyes and he doesn't have time and there's no running lanes, that just changes this offense entirely. So corner's huge. But this team goes as the offense goes, and this offense goes as far as the offensive line goes. So we know that Elton Jenkins is going to be back. We know that Bakhtiari is going to be back at some point this season. Lucas Patrick will be back. Um, but, you know, we don't know a ton else from that. Rick Wagner, Billy Turner, both are somewhat question marks as to whether or not they're going to have to restructure or whether they could be potential releases. Bakhtiari's injury puts a lot of questions into things. Um, I, I just really want to see how this offensive line comes together. Is John Runyon Jr. a legitimate option as a starter because, again, this team really went in 2020 as the offensive line went. So as much as I want to say corner, I might actually lean towards offensive line and how they really get that group, you know, kind of re-gelled together. That's a perfect answer. I mean, you alluded to just about every aspect of it, and you you said it again, as Andy always does, better than I could ever. So well done. (laughs) Um, and, And, yeah. I mean, 100%. And as I said with the Bucks game, right, that's kind of where we had the ultimate breakdown at offensive line, and, and then you look at the holes that were there. So, And that will continue to be the case. So I mean, I'm, I think those are the top two, cornerback and offensive line. Whatever happens there will really set the tone for what next season will look like. A hundred percent. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think I said this to you, Andy. I wouldn't be surprised if John Runyon Jr. started games next season, for sure. I, no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't either. No, I, I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility. I still think he... I still think he certainly has work to do. I think he had a couple holes in his game this past year that maybe went a little bit unnoticed, but I, you still have to be excited about how he performed as a sixth-round pick when he did get in there, especially because uh, what people don't realize, too, is that he spent a lot of the, the training camp and uh, off-season, well, you know, what there was of training camp and off-season at left guard, um, and then, you know, really came in and played a lot of right guard when the, those injuries hit, like, out of nowhere. I think they even said, like, he didn't have snaps at right guard before that first game when he got in and he went in there at right guard and played well. So um, I'm interested to see him, and I've been on the record as saying as well, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I fully believe that Green Bay's first pick this season is going to be an offensive lineman, and I believe it'll be an offensive tackle. But we will see. There's a lot of offseason still to play out. But I want to get to the topic I'm really most excited to talk about today, and that's we'll, we'll go through this in true APA style. So uh, we'll go Alex. I'm going to name a player. Alex, I'll let you just quickly say stay or leave. Then Perry, you have, you'll say stay or leave, and I'll say stay or leave. And if we're all on the same page, we won't go too deep into it. But if somebody is like on, the, and on an island all by themselves and disagreeing, uh, then they're going to have to back up their, uh, their response maybe a little bit more. So uh, you guys ready for a lightning round of stay or leave? Absolutely. Should I stay or should I go? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's party. Alex is absolutely not ready. Uh, do not subscribe to him on TikTok. That was a bad <laughs> idea from the beginning. Uh, all right. So, uh, of course, we did not prepare for this ahead of time. So we're just going to go through these with uh, no safety net because preparing would have taken time, effort, and energy. So uh, we'll go through this, and uh, we'll have some fun with it along the way. So, Alex, let's start with Corey Lensley. Stay or leave? He's gone. All right, Perry? Stay. I'm going to say gone. All right, Perry, you've got to defend yourself on stay. Okay, I think I just really think that if there was one more player the Packers would re-sign and extend, it would be Corey Lindsley, number one center in the league. How do you replace him? You're you're downgrading no matter what you do, and I can envision him taking a more team-friendly deal just to stay in Green Bay. That's my short answer. I agree with everything that you just said to a T. I just think... 
when push comes to shove and where they're at with the cap, I think he's going to get a better deal elsewhere. I think he'll take that better deal elsewhere, and I think Green Bay will say, um, you know, we can move either Lucas Patrick or Elton Jenkins. I'm actually not sold that Lucas Patrick's best position may not be center, um, so we'll see what they would end up doing there. Um, you just mentioned John Runyon Jr. Uh, if Corey Lindsley is back, uh, I'm not sure there's a starting opportunity for John Runyon Jr., but I also just talked about offensive line being the most important position, so I'm completely <laughs> torn on this, but I do think he gets a bigger deal elsewhere, and I think Green Bay takes the comp pick and tries to upgrade the offensive line from elsewhere, as I mentioned, maybe with a draft pick early this upcoming draft and a offensive tackle-rich draft. All right, let's move to Lane Taylor. Alex, starting with you. Uh, let's just go stay. I don't know. I, no, probably gone. Probably gone. Let's go gone. I'm going right, to take on that now. Stay. I say stay, too. I think he's a sneaky, really yeah. strong state yeah. candidate. Yeah. All right, Alex, you got to defend your gone your, your gone candidacy here. I, I mean, you heard me flirting with the fans, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I really didn't know which way it was, it was going to go with the panel, but I agree with you guys. I, I think it's, it's it'd be a sneaky stay pick if he can give a really nice hometown get discount, right? Whereas I don't think Corey Lindsley, the hometown discount isn't going to be worth what the market value is for him. So, uh, I I I'm, I just think he might get more money elsewhere, but I know he really likes the uh, Green Bay area. I know he does amazing things in the community, so it, it could be a sneaky good pick. I'm just going to go with he's gone. All right. So I don't I, have I think, a real good defense. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll, we'll give you a pass on this one. But um, I just think with the state of the Packers offensive line, especially if Corey Lindsley does go, um, I mean, a, a vet minimum deal for Lane Taylor. There's, I don't think there's any team that's going to pay somebody for – he just missed literally the last two seasons almost entirely uh, with injury. I don't think there's going to be any team that's lining up for that. I think he has more value uh, both for him and for the Packers uh, to yep. make that deal than anywhere else. And I think with the depth needed this upcoming season – and, oh, by the way, he looks freaking awesome at right guard before he got hurt, which really sucked that he went down early in the season because he looked awesome there uh, playing it for the first time since high school. So I'm going to say back. Um, let's go Mercedes Lewis. Perry, we'll start with you this time. <laughs> stay. I want everyone to stay, apparently. I don't actually feel this way, but definitely stay. <laughs> All right, Alex? Yeah, I'm with Perry on this one. I think he stays for one more year. I think this is the biggest, uh, easiest no-brainer left. I think he stays. Um, they basically signed him to the exact same contract the last two times. I think he gets the exact same contract this time. And the, Matt LaFleur loves him. They got him the Mercedes Lewis jersey for Christmas. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously loves him. I can't imagine him not being back this season. Unless he retires, which he said he doesn't want to. So that's already out of the equation. All right, Alex, Kevin King. Twitter's been telling me he's gone. I'm going to agree with Twitter on this one. We saw how he, and, you know, there might be the injury debate in the NFC Championship game. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I think he's gone, no doubt. Barry? Definitely gone. Like, so gone. Yeah, 100 100- yeah, I think so. I think it was just point of no return after that last game. I think that was the final nail in the coffin. All right, a couple lesser ones here, but let's go through them anyway. Uh, Alex, Tavon Austin. Uh, I think he'll be around for camp, but I think he'll get cut. So does he stay, technically, right? All right, yep. Alex, I actually completely agree with that. That's exactly what I was going to say. All right, I guess I'm going to be on the outside looking in here. I think he's gone. I don't think he showed anything as a returner. I don't think he showed anything necessarily as a weapon. Uh, we'll, we'll just actually transition to Tyler Irvin right here because I think both of these guys are probably competing maybe for uh, yep. for one spot. And I think Tyler Irvin makes a lot more sense. I think he showed more as a returner. I think he showed more in the slot. I just think yep. Austin doesn't necessarily bring anything to the table anymore. So uh, I will say Tyler Irvin is a stay, however. Alex? Uh, for all the exact reasons you just stated, I'm going to take the opposite side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's gone. All right. Yeah, I think it makes sense for the Packers to bring him back, especially with the state of the running back room. You know, you get A.J. Dillon and potentially you get Tyler Irvin. You already know what his role is in this offense, and it would just it, it would just make a lot of sense. All right. Snacks Harrison Perry. Mm, gone. He, no. he came oh, – sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, he came in – for what, the last three games, thought maybe he'd get a Super Bowl. He'd never really wanted to play in the cold. I don't think he's coming back. I think that's fair. Alex? Yeah, I'm with Perry. I don't, I'm completely, yeah, everything she said is right. I, I agree. 100% agree. Does anyone want to make a strong argument for either Billy Wynn or James Burgess being back? 
No. I'm going to take that as a no. I'm going to yeah. take that as a no. Yeah. No. Um, Montrevious Adams. I'm going to say Montrevious Adams is back on a minimum deal, uh, Alex. Yeah, I think it's going to be small as well. That's that's a, maybe not so much as sneaky as, as the ones we talked about before, but I agree, yeah. Harry? Well, I don't think so, just given what he's shown and how he can't stay healthy. But I also think if you look at who's actually rostered on the defensive line, the Packers are really weak there uh, and need the depth, so he could possibly come back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one as well. I mean, he actually really started to flash this past season when he got some snaps. So I mean, I think they bring him back. I, I don't necessarily think he's a lock to make the 53, uh, but I don't know how much value he's going to have anywhere else. Green Bay might just say, you know what, we're ready to go in a different direction. But um, I'm, I'm going to say he's back. Uh, Jamal Williams, Perry, let's start with you. Oh, now we're getting into the tough stuff. Uh, here we go, yeah. Um, stay. Buckle up. All right, Alex? Yeah, I, the new he signed a new agent this past week. I think that means there's more money in the sea. I'm going to say he's gone. Yeah, I really, really think that Jamal Williams is gone as well. All right, Perry, you got to defend yourself here. Um, okay, I unfortunately think that Aaron Jones is the one that's gone. I know I'm jumping the gun here. So I can, if the Packers want to keep at least one of them, um, it would probably be the Jamal Williams, he'll be less expensive. I think he likes playing for the Packers. I think it feels like home to him. He has his space, but I also agree with you both that he could potentially actually be like a number one back on another team and get the money that a number one back deserves. So I wouldn't be surprised if he decided to go elsewhere. Um, Big B, if you're listening, cover your ears. I actually think Jamal Williams (laughs) is very overrated. I just, I don't know. Oh, wow. I think he's a really nice player that is going to be able to pass protect for you, catch out of the backfield. I think he showed a better route running ability this past year. I just don't think he has anything dynamic in his game. I mean, there's, it's really tough for him to get anything, you know, 20 yards plus. He doesn't have speed. He doesn't have explosion. He doesn't have any move, you know, go-to move in the open field that makes people miss. Um, he's, he's kind of a, you know, see, you know he's going to get what's blocked for him in a lot of different ways. I do think he's really good at screen passes. I think that's one of the things that he does do very well as well as to get pass protection, but um, I just do not see him as a starting caliber running back. I think even if he was back, I think A.J. Dillon uh, becomes the, the starter in that situation. So uh, I know I might be on the, the outside there, but I've just kind of always felt that way. I think he thinks he's more valuable than I think he is, and I think Green Bay is going to see um, that, uh, that maybe it's time to go in another direction. But we shall see. Aaron Jones, wow. I am also... I know. So sorry, Big B. I hope you had earmuffs on while you were listening to that. If you were listening. Uh, Aaron Jones, I am also going to stay gone. I think both running backs are gone. Alex, what about you? I'm right there with you, Andy. I think they're both gone. And Perry, you kind of already said you're thinking just Jamal Williams, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously if I had my choice, I'd prefer to have Aaron Jones back, but I also want him to go get the bag, and the Packers aren't going to give that to him. This is one of the more just like – both him and Corey Lindsley. I mean, if both of those guys aren't back, which I, I think there's a decent chance that that happens, like both of those guys are just like the ultimate Green Bay Packers. And yeah. I mean, it's 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 like similar to Randall Cobb, right? right. Um, or Jordy Nelson when he went to the Raiders. Like you just don't want to see those guys in different jerseys. You still cheer for them. You still hope they do well. Um, you hope they go to an AFC team so that it makes it easier and, you know, don't end up on like the Vikings or Bears who love collecting former Packers it yeah. seems, and, uh, you know, those sort of things. But it's just it, it'll be really tough to see those guys leave because you we can talk about the, you know, salary cap gymnastics and, and all that sort of stuff all we want. But at the end of the day, both Lindsley and Jones are just freaking awesome players and you hate having to see them leave in any way. You're even talking about them potentially leaving in any way, shape or form, even if it ends up being the case. It just is one of those things that sucks. It does. And it's interesting, too, like, let's say Jamal and Aaron Jones both go. It's like a whole kind of like running back era that the Packers had that's just gone. And I think it mostly, just from, like, a larger picture standpoint, just shows you, like, windows are small. And, you know, you you got to take advantage of the players that you have while you have them because either they're going to outperform your ability to pay them or you're going to realize that, you know, what they're – if they're not worth, you know, keeping around. So it would just be a weird kind of changing of the guard if uh, all of a sudden it was A.J. Dillon as the number one. 
It would be. It, it, and it, it certainly seems like that is within the realm of possibility. So another one of those really interesting positions to keep an eye on this offseason. Let's quickly go through some restricted free agents just as um, a primer. Um, if they did want to tender these originally, uh, a first-round uh, restricted free agent tender is about $4.8 million. A second-round tender is $3.4 million, And a right-of-first refusal tender is $2.1 million. Um, so uh, let's just put it this way. I'm going to name uh, some of these restricted free agents. Um, I'm going to keep Bobby Tanyan separate, and Tanyan, excuse me, in just a second. But I'll start with Tyler Lancaster, Will Redmond, Chandon Sullivan, Perry Nickerson, and Raven Green. And Perry, I'll start with you. Anyone on that list, again, Lancaster, Redmond, Sullivan, Nickerson, or Raven Green, uh, that you think are worth either a first, second, or right of first refusal contract offer? No, <laughs> I don't. Maybe Raven Green could get the last one right of first refusal because they do like him when he stays healthy, but I can't see any of those other players staying. All right, Alex? Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. Raven Green's the one name that really pops out to me. Lancaster maybe, but I, I think exactly what Perry said, the right to first re, uh, refusal for Raven Green is the, really the only way I, or the one I see happening. All right. I think, to me, there's two. I think Raven Green's within, within striking range of that, especially with being a, that hybrid safety linebacker. But also, Raven Green has been massively injured through the course of his career. We talked about J.J. Watt being injured. Like, Raven Green has not stayed healthy literally ever. So that's really tough pill to swallow. I think Shannon Sullivan's the other. I think if you look at 2019 Sullivan and even, you know, some of the you know better games from Sullivan in 2020, this is still a starting nickel corner over the course of the last couple of seasons. And when you don't have much on your roster outside of Jair Alexander, um, two million for that type of player on a one-year deal, non-guaranteed, certainly seems like it could be within the realm of possibility. Remembering that you, it's non-guaranteed, so that if you get to the end of the the 53-man roster cutdowns and you just think you have better corners because you drafted guys or brought other players in, you can release them or maybe even trade them for a, a conditional pick at that point. I think he has is at least within that conversation as well. Um, it wouldn't surprise me with any of those players we just named Green, Nickerson, Sullivan, Redmond, or Lancaster if they said to all of them we're not going to tender you, we want you back for cheaper and I think you know, and if they go out and say because basically they just become unrestricted free agents at that point and say hey if you find uh, deals elsewhere, you know, awesome if not we would love to have you back and I'm going to say that Lancaster, Sullivan and Green are back with Green Bay in some capacity, I just don't think necessarily on those original tenders Here's my thing, though, about Tandon Sullivan, and I, I do agree with you. I just think that and, – and understanding the rules of how this works is important because if they can bring him back and then, you know, end up choosing other options, then I think that's the route that they go. But just this draft is so – cornerback heavy and very sure. specifically like nickel slot cornerbacks or they've got some really really talented options that could be an upgrade from him so that's the only reason why I felt that Chandon Sullivan wouldn't come back because I think that they if they went that route and again I I can't see the Packers all of a sudden not playing a ton of nickel and dime all of a sudden so uh, I think that they go that route in the draft. All right. I think that's a really well said point. Uh, so let's talk about Bobby Tunyon because I think this is a really interesting one. I don't think they can get away with a right of first refusal because I think some team would obviously sign him. He was an undrafted free agent. So if they lost him with a right of first refusal, yeah, they could match it. But Green Bay doesn't have a ton of cap space. And if some team would all of a sudden, you know, put a, a contract together that Green Bay can't match, they lose their literally first good tight end since Jermichael Finley, or I guess maybe Jared Cook for absolutely nothing. Um, and then it gets to kind of that interesting do you want to give him a second round tender for 3.4 million or a first round tender for 4.8? I tend to think that there's not going to be a team that's willing to give a major contract and a second round pick for Bobby Tunyon. I know he's good. Um, I just don't know that he's that good that he would, you know, require that sort of offer from a team this offseason. So if I'm Green Bay, I'm going to take the risk and put a second round tender on him at 3.4 million. That 1.4 million, uh, you know, that they would save by not giving him the first rounder uh, certainly could come in very handy as the, the cap is so tight this season, um, and I just don't think some team's going to give up a second-round pick in a major contract that you wouldn't match. So I'm going to say second-round tender. Uh, Perry, what about you? Yeah, I completely agree for, for all of those reasons. 
Alex? I'm right there with you guys. I don't think the first round, you know, it makes any sense, as you alluded to, and I don't think any team would give up a second-round tender. So you're, you're absolutely correct. I think Tunyon's a Packer, and, I, again, I think this is a guy that uh, they'll lock up no matter what. Yeah, I think I think he'll definitely be back, and I think they'll figure out a way to get it done. It's just kind of more of a logistical first or second round, and I think they can get away with that second round pick on him. All right, uh, I think that does it for us. Oh wait, there's one restricted free agent left that we didn't talk about. Oh, Tim Boyle. God, I wonder who it could be. Yeah, who could it be? Who could it be? Tim Timmy Boyle still sitting out there as a restricted free agent. Uh, as much as I love to talk about Tim Boyle at any given opportunity, I do think this is a really interesting conversation. As I've brought up on uh, the video a couple times already, but uh, they have been very high on him. Brian Gutekunst has said that they think they can win football games with him. They've spent three years developing him up until this point. He was easily, easily, easily the backup over Jordan Love this past year uh, coming out of training camp. That's not just me saying that. That's literally everyone who was there uh, saying that. Um, he was the sec- He was the backup all season. Uh, Jordan Love never was activated for a game. Um, and now you risk, you know, if you don't tender him, you risk just losing that investment up until this point. Um, if you put a right of first refusal, again, you could lose him. Uh, in, in, you know, putting a second or first and paying that type of money for a potential number three quarterback is not an easy thing either. And it's also not great if you are giving Tim Boyle snaps as the backup quarterback and losing out on development opportunities for Jordan Love. And you know that I mean it if I'm saying that. So uh, this is a really interesting decision. I'll start by saying I think they tender him um, with a right of first refusal, and I think they try to get something out of him for you know via trade at some point. Maybe they can coax the seventh round pick out of Dallas. Uh, you know, with Mike McCarthy who coached him for a year, uh, seemed to like him at the time. He knows what he's capable of. Uh, they don't really have a backup. Andy Dalton's going to be a free agent. Maybe they can pick up a pick that way and, and get something in return. Uh, but I do find it difficult to believe that they would just let him walk without nothing. But uh, maybe you guys can talk some sense into me, Alex. Do you have any any different take? Yeah, I think they're just kind of praying there's a preseason, right? I mean, you want to see some quality snaps out of them as well as you want to see quality snaps out of uh, Jordan Love. But there's a problem if Jordan Love isn't the backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers next year. So I think he's back, but they're going to try to get some value out of him, as as you mentioned. So I'm right there with you. I I think it's confusing. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the offseason develops as to what the quarterback room will maybe look like. Um, I think he's around, but I, I just don't know how long he stays because Jordan Love absolutely has to be the backup quarterback next season. All right, Perry? Yeah, I as someone who was didn't hate the Jordan Love pick like everybody else did, I would be really, really upset yeah. if Jordan Love wasn't QB2 next season because then it's like, what did you do that for? Um, and, and as much as I appreciate Tim Boyle and everything that he's brought, and he has been, I think, a really nice backup to Rodgers, if you have all three of those guys also, like, you're putting a lot of money into the yep. quarterback room, and that's a lot of money that you, you could be using elsewhere to actually give Aaron Rodgers another shot at a ring, right? So it's not any offense to Tim Boyle, and I, I think that he would be, like Andy said, a great backup elsewhere, but it's it's just it's time to say, yeah, we, we took someone in the first round and we actually have to like put in the time and the work and the money because he's a first round pick and you're paying him like first round pick to develop him to be the actual backup. I'm gritting my teeth as I say I completely agree, and I, I think that's the right potential move. It's it's really tough to keep him on the roster and take those snaps away from Jordan Love if you want to develop him and, and keep him as a potential franchise piece moving forward over the course of whether it be three, four, five years from now, whatever it may be, he still needs those snaps as the second guy because if he's the third, you're just not getting any snaps with even scout team at that point. It's definitely time to elevate him and see what he can do should Aaron Rodgers get hurt. I want to go through these lightning round. I'm just going to give, uh, you know, each of the, uh, we'll we'll kind of go around the room, Uh, but these are potential cuts, and some of them are more realistic than others, but uh, we'll just go right around and say whether or not they will stay or leave as well. So uh, lightning round, Alex Zedaria Smith. He'll be back. Uh, Perry Preston Smith. Gone. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go Adrian Amos. I'm going to say he is back. Um, Alex, Billy Turner. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I, I'm going to go with he'll be back, but I'm not positive on that. All right, Perry, Christian Kirksey. Gone. I'm going to say Dean Lowry is gone. Alex, I think you get the toughest one in Rick Wagner. 
I think he'll be back as well. This is going to be a really interesting one. Uh, Perry Mason Crosby. What? Back. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's a really interesting one, though. They, uh, just, because, they just gave him a new contract. All right, fine. You win this round. Uh, I'm going to say Devin Funches is gone. Uh, Alex, Josh Jackson. Ooh, that's a fun one, too. Uh, I'll, I'll say he'll be back. All right, Perry Oren Burks. So gone. And I'm going to say the weapon, J.K. Scott, is also gone. I just think they need somebody a little bit more consistent. Yeah. That weapon has been more like a squirt gun than any sort of uh, J.K. 47. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he is gone as well. Uh, that was a lot of players to talk about. I guess before we, yeah, before we kind of get out of here, of those guys that I just mentioned, Zedarius Preston, Amos, Turner, Kirksey, Lowry, Wagner, Crosby, Funches, Jackson, Burks, and Scott. Um, any one of those guys that you you know would want to go into in a little bit more detail on, or do you feel like we did enough with the the lightning round? I mean, obviously, we, we've spent our time on Preston Smith all season long. I think a, a, a lot of us, at least in the Twitterverse, and obviously all three of us, I see, I think, seem to agree with that one. Um, it seems like he'll, he'll be gone just given the, the circumstances. Kirksey's kind of an interesting one, but it seems like, you know, Andy, obviously the video we keep alluding to, um, you know, that you put out, a lot of people saw it. If you haven't, you're missing out. And at Andy Herman NFL, um, you, you wrote him off as a goner. I'm curious as to why. Yeah, I mean, I just think if you look at how Green Bay needs to get under the salary cap and to be able to do anything different – I just think that the the four lowest hanging fruit moves are Wagner, Kirksey, Preston Smith, and Dean Lowry. I, yeah. I just I think normally all four of those would have been completely no brainers unless any of them take a massively reduced deal. Right. Which again I'm not necessarily and I want to be very clear I'm not hoping that anyone has to take less money. I'm not hoping anyone would have gotten you know get cut. I'm not hoping anyone loses their jobs. That's never what I'm about. Uh, but this is also a really difficult business and we do have to talk about these things. So I think those are the the four uh, easiest decisions to make to try to get under the cap just based on performance last year, what their salary cap hit is, and what Green Bay needs to get to. I think the only wrench that got thrown into that was Rick Wagner with him really playing well uh, for the vast majority of the season, right. and then also uh, the um, David Bakhtiari injury and him potentially being out for, you know, who knows, you know, maybe half the season, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, we don't know, but that, that really puts a potential wrench into what you want to do at that offensive tackle position as well. Um, so I think that's the really interesting one. I would, as we sit here today, again, unless there's a, a major, um, you know, restructure of some sort, I would be beyond shocked if Preston, Dean Lowry, or Christian Kirksey were on the team and not released sometime in the near future. Well, also with Christian Kirksey is that we have the we the Packers have two young linebackers that they're really excited about, and Joe Barry is a linebackers guy. That's like his how he came up in the league. So to have Chris Barnes and Paul Martin to sort of work with is very exciting. Uh, and also Christian Kirksey's I think injury history reared its head again this season, so it doesn't make any no. sense. My only thought, honestly, is again going back to like the defensive line depth that the Packers lack is potentially, you know, why they would maybe bring Dean Lowry back. Maybe they could restructure him so the cap hit is less, but that's really just from a depth perspective, not because they think performance-wise it makes sense. And let me ask you this. Rick Wagner's an easy an easy, uh, you know, potential to keep back uh, because of how he played this last season. Well, let's go back a season, just off the top of your head. I know Preston Smith had the fumble recovery for a touchdown on the fumble that basically fell at his feet and he ran it into the end zone. Right place, right time. Outside of that, Dean Lowry, Christian Kirksey, Preston Smith. Is there a play off the top of your head that you can remember of like, wow, well, we can't replace that. That like, To me, there's no. just nothing. And no. I, I'm no. not saying that they're bad players, but they, they just, you know, all of them under Perform in some way, shape, or form. Dean Lowry usually comes up with a handful of those each season. He did not this last year. He I played. Like that was really fun, but that's because the offensive line decided not to block him. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, and that, I mean that's what it seemed to be for those type of players. And um, you know, he, he, there's always going to be this constant 
churn in the roster. And when you look at guys who underperformed and have decent-sized salaries and are older in age, uh, let's be real, with Preston, Kirksey, and Dean Lowry, 99.9% of the time, underperformance plus high age plus high contract is see you later. As, as tough as that sounds, as tough as that is. Uh, and that's why, you know, you mentioned Mason Crosby, and, uh, you know, we talked about um, Rick Wagner as well. That's why those two are tougher because both are higher in age. Um, both have, you know, high salary caps for their position, or at least, you know, int- interesting salary caps for their position. Uh, but both of them played fantastic last year for the most part, which is why those are much, much harder. And Billy Turner, to some extent, is within that conversation as well. So I, I think those are going to be the interesting ones. And like I said, I'd, I'd be shocked if, if Kirksey, Preston, or Dean Lowry are back, barring a major restructure or release and re-signing on a lower deal. All right, guys. And- I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers brought in a kicker to during camp to see if they wanted to keep somebody around just because of Mason Crosby's age. But kicker finding a good kicker like him is so hard. We watch other teams go through like missed kicks and doinks and just an absolute carousel. And so like when you have someone like Mason Crosby, who's just been money for like 99% of his career, I just don't yeah. see them moving on from that. No, I mean, they've, they've tried it before, haven't they? Right. I mean, we all have the name Giorgio Tavecchio burned into our brains <laughs> because they, they gave that a shot. So yeah, I mean, it's possible they bring a guy or two in, but uh, I'm with you, Perry. I think he's back. I agree. I think that, that makes a ton of sense. All right, guys, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'm just ready for some actual football news. I'm ready for free agency to open in about a month and get this off season started. I'll end on this. I'll end on this. Johnny Manziel running a touchdown in for the Zappers. Uh, that's not news. How is What is this league? Uh, I, that, I don't want to see that football. Just like the AAF, just like the XFL. I just want the NFL. I'm sad on this, uh, this, this brand new Monday, not after the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm with you, Alex. We need NFL football. It is our oxygen, but uh, we have you all covered who are listening right here on the Pack of Day podcast to give you your daily fix of NFL and Green Bay Packers because we all need it for our sanity. So make sure to stick here and subscribe if you have not already. Make sure to check out the video version of the Pack of Day podcast uh, over on YouTube or PackerReport.com. That is going to do it for us, for Perry Goldstein. For Alex Strofe, I'm Andy Herman. Thank you so much for listening, but until next time, and as always, Go Paco. class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.